You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Most of y'all, or all of y'all, probably know that I did a surrogacy journey. It's actually a gestational carrier. I um, always knew from a very long time ago that I wanted to be a surrogate. I just didn't know where to go to sign up, didn't know who to talk to, just didn't know. And um, back in 2018, the very beginning of 2018, I was given a clear vision, very clear, of I thought I knew who it was. I saw a blonde woman in my vision, knew exactly the direction I was facing in a hospital room when I handed a baby over. And I prayed about it, prayed about it, and nothing come about. <clears throat> and I, you know, back in, and then in the end of February 2018, I decided to take to the internet and search for places that I could become a gestational carrier. And I knew there was places far away, California, big cities, you know, big, not here in Lubbock. And um, so I did. I took to the internet and I found a place in Lubbock. I was like, oh my goodness, I can do it. And um, so I went ahead and signed up thinking, I don't know if they'll accept me, but got accepted. And I was like, all right, we're, it's going to happen. But I was still, had my eye on a couple and, and it wasn't happening. And I was getting very impatient. And I almost questioned, like, I know I saw it. I saw the vision so clear, and why isn't it, why isn't it happening? I was getting frustrated, and so I was on the list for a very long time. It wasn't until in October, in October, the very beginning of October of 2019, I was getting frustrated. Of course, we all know our phones listen to us, so every time I looked on Facebook, there was gestational carrier stuff, pop-up ads, and be a surrogate. So I was like, I'm going to make a phone call. I'm just going to call these places, see what they say, see if I can see if I, I can be a carrier. And of course, I called two places and they said the same thing. No, you, it's too risky. You've had too many kids. You couldn't do it. I don't think there's anybody out there who would accept anybody who's had that many pregnancies. And again, I said, that's not what I saw. God said differently and I, I was devastated. And um, I prayed on my knees in my living room. But when I got up, I called Hyman, my best friend, and I said, I'm taking my name off. That's it. I'm done. Take my name off the list. I'm calling, and I'm taking my name off. I'm not going to do it. And um, the very next day, I got a phone call. They said, we have a couple. They want to meet you as soon as possible. And... Next week, I met the Reisters, and I went in so nervous. I went in first, and, you know, the nurse is like, if you're ever getting uncomfortable, just walk out. Let us know you're uncomfortable, you know, no pressure. Just, you know, we want this to be as comfortable for you as possible. And if you get uncomfortable with any of their questions, just come out. Well, there comes a, a 
woman. She's got her laptop, and I was like, oh, my goodness, these people, um, they're going to shut me down. <laughs> and so, um, if, I don't know if I told you in my vision, it was a blonde woman. And uh, so when I walked out of there, we talked for a good little while. When I walked out, I called Hyman, I called my best friend, I said, she's blonde. And my, my best friend was like, this could be it. And um, of course, Hyman was at home that day, and I was like, okay, I'll talk more to you when I get home. They said it'll be a couple of days before we get a call back. And so I went home, me and Hyman got to talking, and I you know, just got home, and I was like, what do we do? What if they say yes? What if they say no? What? What do, we, what do I do? As we're talking, I got a phone call from them. They want to go with you. What do you think? Of course, me and Hyman were just barely talking about it, so I muted the phone. I was like, Hyman, what do I say? He goes, I'll say yes. So I was like, okay, we're doing this. And, you know, before becoming a surrogate, I had always prayed for moms who struggled with infertility. Is in the song, um, I think it's Hosanna, but Break My Heart for what, what Breaks Yours. That was where my heart was. And I wanted my heart to understand where women who struggle with infertility, I wanted, my, I wanted that compassion. I wanted to be able to tell women, I know what you're going through, but I couldn't. I didn't struggle with that. But I wanted to know what women went through. So March 10th of 2020, which was... The, it was actually the weekend or the week right after our women's conference I had transfer and that was our first transfer their only embryo they had and it took we had a heartbeat on April 10th confirmed heartbeat they were so excited and the next ultrasound again heartbeat was great great growth in the baby the, our next appointment would be our last one before going to a regular OB doctor instead of going to the fertility doctor. We went in Mar May 6th, and there was no heartbeat. And it's so hard to go through. I've never had to go through something like that. And all this mom could say was, I'm sorry. And they go, why are you telling me I'm sorry? This is not mine. And I felt it. I had never gone through something like that. And I got to say, I know what you're going through. And that was our last embryo. The only embryo that made it. And they were unsure if they were going to go through another egg retrieval. Because it was so expensive and... It took so much out of her. But she went ahead and she said, I'm going to do it again. I said, okay, just let me know when you're ready. Because we're ready. And so they did. This time they only got three embryos. And April, or August 26th, we had another transfer. And it took. We had a great heartbeat. And every, every time appointments came up, she called me right before going in. Do you feel anything? 
Do you feel anything different? Are you okay? Uh, yes, another, another appointment. She called me that morning. Do you still feel pregnant? Like, yes, it's going to be fine. We got this. And every appointment since then, she always called, do you still feel pregnant? <laughs> and so April 20th, I went in thinking I was, of course, we made it. And I went in thinking I was in labor. I was in triage. They put you in triage. Let's sit there, make sure you're in labor before they put you in labor and delivery room. And I went in April 20th, and I went in with being a one, made progress the couple of hours I was there, and came in, and they said, all right, having a baby. Got sent to labor and delivery, and I was a little upset when I went into the labor and delivery room because I was like, this is not the room. This is not the room for my vision. But we're having a baby, so it's all right. And... I was there the whole night and thought I was in labor. And, of course, nothing progressed. By the next morning, there was no progress. And the nurse said, you know, I never actually had somebody come in and be put in labor and delivery and not have babies. So we're going to send you home. It's like, okay, guess not the day. <laughs> Went in April 25th, again, thinking I was in labor, and this time I was in labor, <laughs> went into the labor and delivery room and just had to cry. It was the room. <laughs> it was the room, and she stood right at the side of, just in my, just like in my vision, and I handed over a beautiful baby girl. She's super tiny, but I handed over a beautiful baby girl on April 25th to this blonde woman, and, you know, I, it was amazing to see how that happened, and I tell everybody all the time, I have to share because I've never experienced something like that, to have clear vision of something so clear, and then see it come all the way around and be a reality. So, yes, this couple, I know I've blessed them greatly, and you know, I didn't realize when Parker said, do you want to share, it was going to be Mother's Day. And it's kind of so, yes, to be on Mother's Day to get to share how this mom became a mom. Yes. So, oh, this is... This is Eliza Lane. We got to visit her. This was the first time the kids got to actually see her in person and not in my belly. So, <laughs> so we got to visit her, and it was amazing. I got more than what I was expecting. I did not expect to go into this thinking I would gain a family, but they have welcomed us and have invited us over just any time we want to see her. And she's so little, and she's so precious. Do you allow yourself to live in freedom? Galatians 5, 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we have to choose that spirit. Am I right? right? 
We have to choose that spirit. Going back to Galatians 5.1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Is it possible then to choose slavery? After you have been set free, can you choose bondage yet again? Yes. We tend to overlook that. And what happens is as we overlook that, we think, oh, well, I'm free because Christ set me free. But if you're not actively choosing it, you're probably not actively walking in freedom. Right? If you're not actively walking in freedom, then there's something we've got to talk about. Galatians 5, 13. For you were called to freedom. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Again, we can see that there is a choice in this freedom. 1 Peter 2.16. I know I'm going through a lot. It's on the screen. But I want to get through this quickly. So we can spend some time in worship. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. But living as servants of God. There is a choice. In what we do with our freedom. We choose to live in it. Or we choose slavery. And after all of these years, really think about this. Those that have grown up in the church, after all of these years, what is the Lord still trying to do in His people? Think all the way back to the Old Testament. And we're going to turn there. You can turn to Exodus 6 right now. What does this sound like yet again? We'll see it really quick. The Lord has, is continually asking us to choose Him. And we are continually looking like, ah, I think I'll choose slavery again. And we do this over and over and over again. And we can see it there with the Israelites in Exodus 6, verse 2. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am... That's, is that right? No. Where am I at? Well, shoot. Maybe I slipped on that. I'm sorry. I don't know where that is. We'll look at <laughs> Numbers 14, verse 4. I wrote that down wrong. Numbers 14, verse 4. And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And it's in, the, in Exodus, it was, it was the same thing. It was the same thing that they were talking about. They, they were looking at everything that they were going through, everything that they were struggling with, everything that was before them, everything that they had just walked through, and they're like, you know what? I'd rather have slavery. Let's go back. Why would they want to go back? Why would they choose to go back? Well, slavery is very controlled, right? It's the same every day. You know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get. They, they were living in this moment because of disobedience, they were continuing to find themselves in this moment, but they're living in this moment where they're not really sure what next meal is going to come, what, what, what the Lord is going to lead them, which path He's going to lead them to, which people they're going to have to fight. They're not sure. They're unsure of what comes next. With slavery, it's pretty easy. You wake up, you do what they ask you to do, you eat a little bit, you go to sleep, you do it again the next day. It's controlled. It's the same every day. But God, He is the same yesterday today and tomorrow, correct? But we just don't like how He's the same, right? We don't like what, what He is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Because do we have any control over it? Do we have any say over what He's going to do? Uh-uh. 
God is God. He is in charge. And He is beyond our full comprehension. And that's really where we see in the Western world, we see a lot of issue with, with the Lord, especially with the Holy Spirit, is He is beyond my full comprehension. He is beyond what I can grasp. There is a mystery to the Holy Spirit each and every day. Been walking with the Holy Spirit for many years, and I can tell you there is still a mystery about Him. There is still a mystery about the heart of God and who He is. So much of the Christian life we live hasn't even been defined by God. And this is where I'm getting back to this question of do we allow ourselves to live in freedom? Well, if we're not walking with the Lord, if we're not allowing Him to be the one that molds and shapes and and shows us what this life is to look like, who we are to be, then, then the answer is no. There's so much about my story that is true today that would not be true if it had not been for one moment. Just as we heard from Jamie, there's so much about the story that she's living in now, the blessing that has been released to her family and to another family that would not exist had she not found herself with the Lord in that place where He could speak clearly to her, reveal vision to her. But that has to happen By the Lord revealing Himself to us and us allowing Him to reveal Himself to us. But so much of our Christian life and the reason that we don't walk in fullness of freedom is because we have modeled our Christian life around those that we have looked to for years and they did not walk in the fullness of freedom. And so now we're mimicking what they looked like. Does that make sense? We grew up in church. My family and I, we grew up in church. And I could look around... I could see, and we never grew up in a small church. We were never in a small church. Um, I mean, we, they were insane how big, I mean, Darby and I could tell you about how you could get lost in the church we went to, we grew up in, in in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was insane how big that place was. And then we moved to Katy, Texas, and we just jumped right in with another big one. Nothing against big churches, but... They were just very big, and so there were a lot of people to take in. I, I consider myself an expert people watcher. Um, I'm pretty good at it. I love going to the airports because I get to practice. I get to observe all the different people and wonder what their lives are looking like and where they're going and all this stuff. And So in church, I would do the same thing, and I would look around. I would see peers that were worshiping with hands held high. I would see, I would see men and fathers that were barely muttering the words out of their mouth. Just very serious and stern about this worship. And I don't, I don't care what it looks like for you. That's not what I'm getting at. But what I was looking at was then shaping what I thought my relationship with God should look like. Because these were men I looked up to. These were women I looked up to. Watching the people lead worship. Right? Their, their, their expression on that stage would say a lot about their relationship with the Lord. And me not knowing that, subconsciously though, I'm receiving that and I'm being shaped by what I'm seeing, right? We do that all the time. We get shaped and we get, we get molded by what we see around us. That's, that's the thing with little kids. They, they absorb everything, right? Sometimes they absorb too much. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Where you've gotten in trouble because your kid absorbed too much. You didn't know they were watching or listening. And you got in trouble because kids absorb everything. And we, we've done the same thing. And so much of our Christian life has not been defined by God. It says in John 5, 19 through 20, that He only sees what the Father is doing. 
And that the Father is revealing these things to him. It's so much about Jesus' life. I love the Chosen series because you see so much of what he was doing. It was just shaped. His life was completely and totally shaped by God. And the Spirit of God. And what he saw the Spirit of God doing. Everything about his life was shaped around that. And it looked, it looked like God wanted it to look. And it, it's so funny the way they portray these disciples. And I love how authentic it is because these guys are just kind of like, what are we doing, man? Like, this is so frustrating. We don't have a plan. We don't have a, we don't have a formula. We, we're not staying to any kind of structure. And they're just getting so frustrated because it doesn't look like the way they think it should look like. And every one of them is offering a suggestion to Jesus about what it should look like. And guess where that suggestion is coming from? It's coming from past circumstance of things they've encountered, things they know, things they're familiar with. And then they're trying to reason that up to God. Sarah, do we have that slide? Sarah's really busy. We're, we're without Steve this morning, so we're missing some stuff. But if you can imagine with me, if God is standing right here in the middle, what it's meant to look like is that the Holy Spirit would reveal down to us the nature of God and who He is and where we fit within this, who He is to us, who we are in Him. But what we have done is if below God is man, what we've done is we've watched and we've observed man and we've reasoned that up to God. And we've defined God by the men that we've seen. That's why we have, we have some people that have grown up and they believe in this fire and brimstone and punishment of a God. What was their life shaped like? You better believe there was some fire and brimstone and heavy-handed punishment. But they reasoned that up to God. It's one of the scariest things Randy ever taught me when I was having boys was that we would be the first reflection of Jesus they would ever know. That's terrifying. All of a sudden, you start realizing how you're not adding up. If this is the standard of Jesus, and you're looking at yourself like, oh boy, I better get it together. So that they would know who Jesus is, and how Jesus loves them, and died for them, and pursues them, and wants a relationship with them. But they know that from me first. Right? I was, I, I, I'm coaching Liam's t-ball, which is a challenge. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why, but I feel like these kids should be hitting it out of the park by now. I don't know why they still don't know what first base is. We've gone over it like 25 times. I mean, yesterday it was Liam, we were working on batting a little bit before the game. Lined up his feet every time. It's like, okay, Liam, get your feet lined up. It's like, that, that's not how we've done it once. I don't remember. What do, you, what do you mean you don't remember? We've just done it for like half an hour. But he's five, and so it doesn't matter. But what he will remember is my response in that moment. And that's the scary part. Because it's like, oh yeah, he's not, he's not a 20-year-old man that has been playing baseball his whole life, and now I'm coaching him within that. He's a kid that's never done any of this movement before, and I'm teaching him for the first time, and guess what? He'll see Jesus in the way I teach him. He'll see Jesus in the way I respond to him. But what Jesus will he see? Will he see one that I've allowed men to shape the image of, and I've, I've added that to God. Like, this is, this is how my dad was, and so this is how God is. Or allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal down, this is who I am. Now, see how your dad was the same? 
right? When the Spirit reveals down to me, I can see the Spirit of God in my parents and where they were the Spirit of God, where they reflected who Jesus was completely. I can also see where they weren't. But so much of the freedom we walk in has been shaped by the people around us our entire lives that have said they're walking in freedom when they weren't really allowing themselves to enjoy the fullness of freedom. And again, I'll go to this example of, of worship. And again, don't hear this as me caring what you look like when you worship. I don't care. It's not anything that I, I measure, not anything that I'm watching and observing. That's not what it is. And going back to church and, and watching some people raise their hands, some people, you know, just stare at the screen blankly, some people are dancing. We've seen that in here. We've, I mean, we had a girl that would dance. It was what she did. She could not help but express her love for God in that way. And so I would ask you, it's not, it's not about what it looks like, but isn't it about the freedom that overflows from it? Right. And so if the freedom that is overflowing out of you doesn't look like hands raising, it doesn't matter. Because what we should all see is the fullness of freedom flowing out of you. Right? In every moment. And if we can't see it, and please listen to this. Please listen to my words carefully. What is worship? What are we doing when we, when we sing songs in here? We are expressing our love for this God that has been good to us. I mean, I'm telling you, like, could, can you not express love for God? Could you hold back after hearing the story that we just heard about this little baby coming into the world? Like, that's your God. That's the God that loves you, that died for you that made a way so that Eliza could come to be someday. Because of what he's going to do in this house, a life could be released. You hear that? You need to hear that. Because the Spirit of God chose this place to do great and mighty things. And Eliza is one of those great and mighty things. But what we should see when we are expressing our love for God, it's not what we can physically see. But what we should see all over each and every person in this room is the fullness of freedom. And the living and dwelling fullness of freedom. We should see each and every person in this room choosing completely to operate in the fullness of freedom. Right? That's what we should see. And then I would challenge you, it, you can stand like this and freedom can flow out of you. And you can dance in front of this stage and freedom can flow out of you. But the thing that we have to remember again is that it is a choice that we have to make. It is a choice that we have to make. So I would challenge you now, is the freedom that you're living in, has it been reasoned up to this level of freedom from the circumstances and, and surroundings and experiences with man? Or is it freedom that has been revealed down from the Spirit of God Himself? We're going to sing a song today. Um, it's been, man, it's been, a, it's been a song that we've been being ministered to. It's been ministering to us for months. Um, months. But the reason, the words are great, right? We sing a lot of songs. Every song we sing, not a lot. All the songs we sing in here have great words. They're all good. They're all talking about the goodness of our God. But there was something so different in this one 
Because as I'm watching these people worship, again, I didn't care what it looked like, and there's a room full of people, and they all look completely different, but what you see, this characteristic, is a fullness of freedom. A fullness of freedom, and they're allowing themselves to enjoy it. And so often, we don't allow ourselves to enjoy the full freedom that God has for us, because it is a choice. Again, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Is the Spirit of God here today? Yes or no? Come on, man. I'll ask you a question. You respond. We're talking about freedom, and you're sitting there like, I don't know, maybe. Say it with confidence. Is the Spirit of God here? If He's not, we've got to start over and do some different stuff. Is he here? Okay, thank you, thank you. Good, good. The people at home want to know you're still breathing. All right, people listening in, they're like, I don't know that everybody died or... Okay, let them know. The Spirit of God is here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Power, freedom. So he's here. And the fullness of freedom is here. What will you choose to do with it? Will you choose to be blessed by it? Will you choose to allow the fullness of freedom that has been paid for at such a price for you? Will you allow it to be something that you don't get to partake in? That Christ's sacrifice would be for this gift that you would never open? Come on. No. This gift is for you. It is for generations yet to come. And I'm telling you, there are kids that will see. They will either see the fullness of freedom all over their parents or they won't. They will, see, they will look across the aisle, see somebody they don't know. They've seen a hundred times. They, don't, they can't remember their name because they're five. They're two. They're three. And they will see freedom. I'm telling you, when we, we play this song in our house, Kai calls it the drum song. Uh, I don't know why. He's, he's just probably going to be my drummer. But... He calls it the drum song. It's a worship song. And I mean, there have been times we've been driving back from Lubbock, and it's like a screaming fight if we don't put that song on. So for 45 minutes, that's the only five minutes we've listened to over and over and over again. But he's two. And if the Lord catches him with something like that, I need to pay attention. And I'm telling you, to this day, he's listened to this song at least a thousand times. I'm not exaggerating. And it came on again this morning as we're getting ready to go to church. And what was the first thing he did? He was up and he was dancing. It's like that kid, that kid's not look, he's not looking at me being like, oh, oh, he's watching him. I'm not doing it. And his brother's not saying, oh my gosh, stop dancing. You look ridiculous. He's not saying that. He's not saying that. His little brother's enjoying freedom and he's enjoying it too. The pureness of of a child and what they will enjoy, they can teach us a lot about what it is to walk with the Lord. Because that kid does not hold any response back to when he hears truth. He responds. There have been times in here where we've had, I mean, you guys all remember Luke. We remember Willow this sweet little girl, and we would be practicing for worship, and that little girl would be standing in one of those pews, arms raised. No one around her. No one making her doing it. I mean, we're working through songs. We're not even paying attention. That little girl was worshiping. There was freedom. 
And that's the kind of freedom I want in here because if we can't have it here, we can't express it out there. And the world desperately needs to see this freedom. But we have got to get better at expressing this freedom back to the one who set us free. We've got to be better at that. We are really, really bad at it. We have taken on this role that men do. We just kind of suppress things and we're like, hey, we're just going to keep it formal and we're, that's all we're going to do, Lord. All right? Yes, sir. No, sir. That's it. We forget that he is, he is not, he's, he's a daddy. He's a mother. He's a brother. He, he is everything that we'll ever need him to be and he is the one that we are to have the most intimate relationship with. Because He knows you better than you've ever known yourself, ever hoped to know yourself. He knows where you're going. He's no, he knows where He's taking you. He knows where you came from. And He knows why you're here right now. And why you're not here 80 years ago. He knows why you haven't been born today. He knows why you're this age right now in this job with these people doing this driving that he knows exactly why he has placed you there completely and that God just asked for an honest an honest response to him but I'm telling you if you want to see a mysterious people be reborn there needs to be a mysterious people that live in the fullness of freedom that God has for them because we've heard this before several times I don't know what it looks like to fully see freedom in an adult Myself included. You know who taught me what it looked like? That little two-year-old. That little six-year-old girl. That little baby is just a couple days old. They're, they're teaching us about what it is to operate in the fullness of freedom. What will we do with it? Will we just be observers? Or will we allow the Holy Spirit to attach it to us that we would operate in the fullness of freedom? That when anyone, if anyone were to come in here right now, I don't care what you look like in the physical place, but when they come in right now, would they see freedom overflowing out of you? It starts by you choosing to allow yourself to live in that freedom. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com. Thank you.